What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Opus Podcast. This is our podcast on Raveling Songs. My name is Josh Kumar. And I'm Lana Holgado. Y'all already know what it is. This is our Indie Artist Spotlight, where we bring you the best and the brightest that the streets have to offer. And folks, coming at you from the great state of New Jersey, we got one of them with us. She's one of our own. She's a singer, a songwriter, and Olivia Rodrigo's close and personal friend. Please give it up for Mia Giovanni. Hey everybody, what's up? <laughs> I butchered your last name after I asked you how to pronounce it. Giovina. Giovina. It's close enough. Everybody, everybody Come has trouble with it. That's my bad. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, excited to bring you on. So uh, first off, we got to address the elephant in the room. Uh, how is your close and personal friend, Olivia Rodrigo? Um, you know, I haven't talked to her in, in a second but she seems to be doing really well wishing the best for her love her always sending her love oh <laughs> uh, yeah we're joking uh because she did like actually comment or like one of your um songs that you put out recently uh how did that feel just to sort of get that notification i mean it was pretty crazy that was um that was i think like the second or third time that she's liked one of my tiktoks and it always is so crazy because like the ones that she'll like or other like little like celebrities or whatever will like are usually the ones that don't necessarily blow up like numbers wise. I think the one that she liked the most recently, like I don't think it even got over like, I don't think it even hit like 10,000 likes. So it always just like fascinates me. Like how did that little video like end up on her page? So I think more than anything, it just like makes you think like, what's the algorithm doing that that yeah. little video got onto her page? But it's cool. It's awesome. I find it very funny though that like under ten thousand likes is like your flop post. Oh my <laughs> god, I think about this all the time. Like whenever I literally just posted a video and it got twenty thousand views, and I was like, ugh, flopped. Oh Try again next time. <laughs> like why? Why? It's just so crazy how how are like. I don't know it it's it's crazy whenever that happens but yeah yeah i mean it does make sense though because you've actually managed to build like a pretty big following like over 100k on tiktok here uh why don't we just sort of start from the beginning about like where your songwriting journey led how like uh you started putting some stuff up and started being, uh, getting a following from there yeah i mean i've been like i've loved music for my entire life when i was in like high school i would post a lot of singing videos on instagram and they obviously never really went anywhere. They were more just like like my friends hyping up my posts, like getting like 10 likes or whatever it was. Um, so I did that a lot through high school. And then after I graduated, I didn't end up going to college because I wanted to pursue music full time. And everyone was like, girl, are you okay? Are you sure that's right for you? And I was like, I don't know, but I just have to try. And um, then the pandemic hit. And so I was kind of just like, I wasn't, I was, I was home obviously, but I wasn't like in classes. I didn't like have any work to do or anything like that. So I kind of just was like forced to only focus on music, which was like kind of just like a blessing in disguise, like that time being forced to focus on that. And um, so that was when I kind of like really started taking music seriously i guess before that it was always like 
a love of mine and a passion of mine for my whole life. But I think that was when it was like, okay, we need to like get real about this because there's nothing else to do. Um, so let's just like take this time for what it is. And so I started to do this thing where like, I literally made like a to-do list kind of chart for myself every day where I would, I would, you know, practice guitar for 45 minutes and then practice piano for 45 minutes. And I would write half of a song every single day. And I would try to post um, an Instagram video every single day and kind of just got into the habit of like, just like honing my craft. And um, then one day I was in my little home studio and I was looking up YouTube videos of Harry Styles isolated vocals. And I was playing the piano to his vocals. And I was like, oh my God, it's like I'm playing for him. And then I just, I don't know what caused me to do, to do it. I had never really posted on TikTok before because I was kind of under the impression that it was like strictly a dancing app, which it kind of was at the time. Um, but I just recorded a little thing of um, me singing along to Harry singing and I played the piano and I added some strings and everything like that. And then I just posted a video on TikTok and it ended up doing really well. And it kind of just like, kind of got the ball rolling. And from there, I really, I think I built a lot of my audience on like from the Harry Styles fan base by, you know, covering his songs or rewriting his songs, which is what I was really known for in the beginning. And then after that, I just kind of started posting my originals and I just, it, they kind of, I mean, they kind of flopped at first, like not a lot of them did really well, but I kind of just kept at it. And then I started to, you know, make a name for myself with my own music and my own words and everything. And um, I've kind of just been doing that ever since. And it's been great. You really hit TikTok at like the optimal time to like get in, you know, where yes. it was like the beginning of like people like starting to see it as like a more serious platform yeah exactly when i think like everyone i think had the ex same experience where like when you first downloaded tiktok it was kind of just like as a joke and mm -hmm. it was like, a dancing app and like you just downloaded it to see what everyone was talking about but now i think it's just such a place for you know small artists like me to build a, a platform and make a name for yourself so yeah I feel like nowadays it's like really saturated with that and like I was very like smart of you or just you know like very like good opportunity for you to like get ahead of that curve and like build your following like early on. Yeah definitely I think like you're like I totally agree right now it is like harder than ever I think to do well on the app even with like the following that I have like not every video is, you know, reaching every single one of my followers. Not every video is like blowing up like um, like it did kind of in the beginning. Um, but it is nice to, like you said, to have started in that prime time and kind of have like that core loyal audience to like fall back on. Yeah, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about your rewrites. I thought those were really cool. Um, yeah, I, th I thought it was like a super cool, like one, just like exercise, like as a songwriter. And two, it was like a, such a cool window into your mind of like, you're, oh, you know, just like how you like would reimagine these songs. So if you want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. I started those rewrites um, really when I first got onto TikTok. Like uh, I saw 
my one friend, my now friend, Kate Renka, um, she posted uh, a video of her rewriting one of Harry Styles songs. And I saw it and I had never seen anyone do that before. And then I kind of just like went on YouTube and kind of like fell into like this deep hole of rewrites and saw all of these people doing this. And I just was really inspired. And it's exactly what you said, like it just became such a fun way to um, practice my songwriting um, because it was kind of just like this no pressure thing because obviously like the music and like the story was already there, but you kind of just got to take little pieces of it and like mold it into a new one and make it your own. And so um, whenever I was doing them, it, it didn't feel like it, I was working. It didn't feel like there was any pressure, any expectations, like it was just fun for me. And I think that that's, I think that that's probably, I have to contribute a lot of like the success to that because the rewrites were just so fun for me that I was just like pumping them out like every single day one summer um and I just like couldn't get enough of them like any song that I was listening to any new song that I found I like immediately did a rewrite of it and um they still are so much fun I don't do them too much anymore because I feel like I have rewritten every single song I've ever <laughs> known <laughs> um but they're still so much fun and such a just nice, light, easy thing for me to do when I, you know, don't feel like having to write a whole new song. Do you have one that's like your favorite? A lot of them that I've done have been Harry Styles songs. So I think those are like, those are always very special to me. I love the one that I did of Golden by Harry Styles. Um, I did a rewrite of Wildest Dreams by Taylor Swift. And that's one that I'm very proud of as well. I don't know, I think I like, when I'm doing them all in the moment, I'm like, oh my God, this is the best rewrite I've ever done. Uh, so I think it changes a lot, but I'm very proud of all of them. Yeah, I, f I feel that, you know, hey. as a songwriter, it's like this one, this yeah. one is it. Yeah, and, and then, then like when you when you make the new one, then it's like the last one is like garbage. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I get that. So how did you transition from like your TikTok and you know, rewriting other people's songs, covering other people's songs, and then like, you know, singing your originals to um, having them like fully produced and um, out on Spotify and stuff like that. Like, did you produce them by yourself or did you like go to a producer? Yeah, so, I mean, I think that the transition kind of happened naturally for me. I think once I, um, started really like getting serious about music the end goal was always to write and produce and put out my own music um but i was very set on it happening like organically and not putting out a song of my own just because i had this new following on TikTok or just because my videos were doing well i just i wanted to make sure that i was putting a song out because i loved it and because i was proud of it and it was felt like the right time um and i think that that all happened pretty naturally um but for the first song that i put out called sirens i that was kind of like a trial and error kind of experience for me. I went through a few different producers um, before I ended up just producing that one on my own. And um, 
I mean, I it, obviously producing it on my own at first wasn't like my ideal situation, but I think that it everything kind of happened the way it was supposed to happen. And um, in hindsight, like I'm very glad that it was like a just a self-made kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I think that now that I've just connected with more people and um, producers and other artists and everything, now I'm very much uh, passionate about and excited to like get into studios with new people and just like collaborate with people. On my last song, Go Getter, um, I got to fly, fly out to LA and work with a producer from the band Sleeping Lion. His name is uh, Noah and Nate. And um, working with them was so great and like being in a little like studio was so awesome and cool and such a new thing for me. And so, yeah, I think that's like the best part about uh, making like connections with people and, and writing new music and everything is just like getting to collaborate and um, getting to like take a song that's in my favorite thing with working with Nate and Noah, I guess, is like taking a song that's like in my head and then being able to make it into like a real physical thing. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to to continue to work with new producers and just make new songs. Yeah, that I can really see the progression, I guess, of like, now, now that you mentioned it, of like from like Sirens is like, more like an indie type, like, it feels more like, um personal and like yeah you know like the production feels like more like um you know like that you could have done it yourself it yeah. was like it was really good um, too but like then <laughs> to go get it was like oh this is like a this is like a whole like like I, pl I played it for my mom and she was like you know this person like this is <laughs> like <laughs> oh that's awesome no I know exactly what you mean like sirens is like my first baby and like she will always have a special place in my heart but like like you said I think I think it went with my like I guess like my brand at the time like my brand was like bedroom pop like this like girl writing songs on her floor and I think that that's exactly what it sounds like um but I remember not to like discredit sirens but I remember listening i was in the airport um waiting to board my flight home from la after recording go getter and i remember putting my headphones in and listening to it for the first time like with headphones on just like by myself out of the studio and i remember like getting so emotional because i was like mm. whoa this sounds like a real song like this sounds like kind of like the first like big step in like my discography so um yeah i know exactly what you mean it's very cool yeah yeah, I think like of your songs, Go Getter is the first one that really has that. I think I think it's really funny that you record in LA because it's such a West Coast song in terms of like the feel and like the uh, sound that it comes about. <laughs> wrote that song in this room just on my guitar and I think I actually I wrote that song not 
really intentionally. The day that I wrote that song, I actually had just finished another song um, called Say It. And I had kind of like planned on spending the day like focusing on that song and finishing that song. And then Go Getter just kind of like came out of me. Like it kind of just came out of nowhere. And as I was writing it, it, it kind of felt, I mean, my favorite songs to write are the ones that feel like they write themselves. And that's exactly what Go Getter felt like. Like as I was writing it, I was like, I feel like this song already exists. Like, I feel like I'm stealing somebody's like words or melodies or something because that's how like easy it was coming to me. But those are like the best songs to write um, and just like the most fun. Um, so yeah, it. I wrote it in like, I think it was like two or three hours. I remember I recorded a voice memo of it and I, I sent it to some friends immediately and I like brought my guitar down into my kitchen and like I played it for my mom and I was like mom this is my next song um because I had kind of been since the song before that I had released Time Machine that was my second ever song that I released since then I had kind of just been like in a little bit of a rut with songwriting and kind of not really knowing where I wanted to um take my music and like what direction I wanted to go in and then when I wrote Go Getter I was like oh shoot this is like this is the one I know for sure. Um, but yeah, so then it kind of just went from like a voice memo to booking a flight out to LA with to meet up with Nate and Noah. And um, again, they just do such a wonderful job of like taking what I'm hearing in my brain and making, a, making it a real thing. Um, and so we finished, I was only out there for three days and we only worked on Go Getter for two days. Um, so it all happened like it all happened pretty fast, but it it just I think it happened exactly how it was supposed to, and it and it was better than I could have ever dreamed it up to be. Uh, so when you were like coming together and writing the song here, did you know like off the bat that you wanted to have the Sleeping Lions guys be the ones to produce it? Were you thinking about uh, going to somebody else around here? Like, what, what was the decision basically to take it to LA? Yeah, I think so. With the song before that, Time Machine. Um, I had kind of just connected with Nate and Noah and um, we, it was kind of, Time Machine was kind of just like my first go around with them just to see if we, you know, worked well together and if we kind of just like got each other and we did. Um, so then when I wrote Go Getter, it was kind of just like a no brainer. Like it was, there was nobody else that I wanted to produce the track. Did you fly out for Time Machine too? I didn't actually time machine I recorded in my home studio like I recorded the vocals just to a little acoustic guitar and then I sent the vocals out to them and then they sent me back like something totally different and it was like the coolest thing I had ever heard <laughs> that's so cool I okay I saw TikTok recently it was about the backstory it's behind go-getter was all that was all that real that was all real. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to do you want to talk about that? Or you? Yeah, we can talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So Go Getter is kind of like, I mean, all of that was real and true. Go Getter is more so just kind of loosely based on the experience that I had with a person last summer. Um, but yeah, I think that I kind of, that's one of my favorite parts about songwriting is being dramatic and mm -hmm. like taking one little seed of something that I've experienced and then just like embellishing it and making it this like 
big grand story. And that's kind of what I did with that experience. Um, and it's kind of also cool to like take something that you've personally gone through and kind of make it into this song that everyone can relate to. Um, and I think that's been my favorite thing with Go-Getter is like posting this song that does have such a like personal meaning behind it to me, but seeing the reaction of, you know, uh, my listeners and seeing them say how much they relate to it. Um, but yeah, stories are definitely true, but the song is loosely based. One thing I'm always like curious about with like indie artists, uh, when you're like posting this stuff here, because Go Getter obviously has like a little bit of an edge to it, uh, which I think is what makes it such a bop and like fun track. But are you ever like um, concerned that like the person who it's like written about might like hear about it and like how they might feel? Yeah, for sure. That was like <laughs> my number one fear. Um, I think like with Sirens and Time Machine, obviously they were just kind of at that time when I was writing those songs, it was just, I was writing songs not about other people. It was just kind of more about like internal like struggles and everything like that. And uh, Go Getter was obviously like the first song that I put out that was about another person. So that was obviously like scary, um, putting that out there, knowing that they could see it or hear it. Um, but at the same time, it's, I think it's just a nice little like, stamp of history it's i like to listen to it and like i'm um, just kind of like appreciate that even if you know the situation with a person or whatever it is doesn't work out you still have like this beautiful fun little piece of art that came out of it so in the end i'm very appreciative of it mm -hmm. and you did say that the person who go-getter is about listens to your music so <laughs> yeah it's true it's true. So maybe they've heard it. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'll it's their favorite that. song. I mean, like. <laughs> maybe they don't even know. Maybe they're like, wow, this is such a good yeah. song. Couldn't be about me. Yeah. I want, they're like, I wonder who that's about. Yeah. Sending love to them always. <laughs> Time Machine, though, uh, I did want to talk about that one just because I think it's really fascinating, especially how young artists are able to sort of like write about nostalgia 
because that's typically something that you think um i think like younger artists are able to connect it on a better level than even like older, older artists who have like more of a reason to talk about nostalgia can uh what yeah. was sort of the thesis or like the idea behind that project and like how that came out yeah that song was the product of like a mental breakdown at like two o'clock in the morning um, as all great artists right i mean the best songs do come from the breakdowns um yeah i wrote that song i mean time machine was probably like the song that has taken me the least amount of time to write um i think i truly wrote it in maybe 45 minutes and it it was another one of those songs that kind of just felt like it wrote itself um and i sent i remember like sending it to my producers like immediately and saying please put some like sad boy like magic on this and they were like <laughs> we are on it um but yeah i think i think it was just like at a time in my life where um like i said i didn't you know go to go to college um but i still had to watch my family and and my friends and everything you know go off to school and kind of uh take those like next big steps in their life and i guess i kind of felt like I was missing out on those steps and I was maybe a couple steps behind. And um, so it just kind of came from that place and just wanting from a place of just wanting like everything to slow down and maybe turn around um, a year or two, so. Yeah, I, I was when I was listening to it, I was like, How, she's so young, like what what is this about? But then I was like, okay, well, if you don't go to college, then like, I feel like when you're in college, it's like this liminal state where like you're young still, but you're like, it's like an incubator state. And then when you don't go to college, it's like, you're just thrust into the real world and you're like, okay, yeah. here you go. So then I was like, okay, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, that, yeah. And then I was thinking about like how I felt back in the day when I was like 20, like, like 1920. And I was like, oh, no, I did feel I, I did feel old. I did feel like a hankering for the olden times. My best friend's got a job bartending at the pub downtown. And home is just another place she visits now. My brother's in the city and he's got himself a girlfriend And I know he gets busy but I watched our childhood and everything's growing And I feel left behind, everyone's I think it's kind of interesting though you said uh you were able to write um time machine and uh go get her so quickly there in terms of like writing sirens did that also come out like really quickly or was that um, like, a multi-day effort sirens was probably like the hardest song to write just because um 
the day that I wrote it, I literally wrote maybe like 15 seconds of it. And then I just loved it so much that I immediately like drove to this parking garage near my house and I just filmed it. And I remember like in the original TikTok that I posted of it, um, the last few lines of it where I say like, where do I go? How do I know? Like I do a little riff, whatever. That was all improv because I had started playing the song just to record it, just to post on TikTok. And then sirens started playing in the background. And I was like, oh no, this sounds so cool, but I only have 10 seconds of this song. Like I have to keep going so that I can post this on TikTok because it's so cool. And so I kind of just like improved that part and it ended up staying in the song. Um, but so when I first posted it, all that I had were those like 15 seconds. And that was one of, I think that was my first original to blow up. So then everyone in the comments was like, we need this now. And I was like, I don't have this now. Like I have these 15 seconds and that's all. And I think that I kind of um, got stuck because I loved those 15 seconds so much. And it seemed that so many other people loved those 15 seconds that I was almost scared to like, ruin it or add things that people like didn't love as much or that I didn't love as much. Like I was just kind of scared to touch those 15 seconds. Um, so it, the rest of the song came very, very slow. I, you know, wrote the chorus maybe like maybe a week or two after I posted that TikTok. And then like the little bridge moment that's in there, I didn't, I didn't like, figure that out or write that until I think maybe a, a few weeks like before the song was finished like being produced um so that was probably my like hardest song to complete just because I think I got in my head and I kind of became like a little perfectionist and like didn't want to ruin what was already so loved If I make it out to New York Will I miss the sunset drives? I'm not growing up is still for me But I've never been the type to fall in love Actually makes sense though why you would end up going down the self-production route 
because it's something like so personal. And since it's your first one, you really want to make sure you're able to maintain that control. Uh, and yeah. I, I think the finished product shows that uh, perfectionism though. So. Thanks. Yeah, I definitely, I think like when I say like everything happened the way it was supposed to, like, that's what I mean when like, it was my first song and it was such a personal song. Like, I think it's kind of beautiful and, um, and cool that I was also the producer for it. We gotta ask though, since we're from the same area here, uh, you're talking about they knocked down the old grocery store. Uh, was that a real one? Which one was it? Cause like, I was thinking like- So it was, do you know? Okay, so there's a little Wawa near my house. I mean, it's not a Wawa anymore. It's near like a church, St. Andrew's church. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, one by the San the Remo's. Oh I live God. right by that. Wait, yeah, we yeah. all live so close to each other. <laughs> so it wasn't a grocery store. I don't know why. I, I think I just like said grocery store because I was like, I can't say right. Wawa in this song. <laughs> um, and Knockdown just like was more dramatic than just like shut down. Mm. Um, but that, like that Wawa, I mean, I've lived here. I lived like in Washington Township until I was like four, but mm -hmm. I've lived here in Voorhees for my entire life basically. And so like me and my family and all of my friends like that, I mean, it sounds dramatic, but that oh, was. I know exactly what you, you mean. Know? It was just such a part of my childhood. Like when I was in high school, like before every like drama, like theater rehearsal, like that's where we would go after school. And like in the summer when it was late at night and we all like wanted a little late night snack, like that's where we would go because it was right by our house. Like, it was just such a like pivotal part mm -hmm. of my entire childhood that when they closed it down, it like felt personal. Like I was so- <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and, then, and, and then they made the big Wawa near Which Mexico. just isn't as good. It it's isn't no, it doesn't, it hits different because then it makes you realize like Wawa is this giant corporation and not this like little South yeah. Jersey thing that we all hold dear to our hearts. And then that big Wawa made Massos go out of business. And that's what made me think of the lyric. I can't because... even talk about Massos closing because I'll cry. <laughs> it's so, we're all mourning. We're very, we're it's all, all very sad about It's that. all a chain of events. <laughs> Yeah, it's devastating, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, poor one out for Massos and the old Wawa. Yeah, yeah, yeah rip to those guys. Uh, um, but yeah, that so that little Wawa was the grocery store in Sirens. Do you have anything else lined up to release? Because I know that you have a lot written. I do, yeah. I, I kind of, um, I have successfully gotten out of a habit of starting songs and not finishing them mm -hmm. um and now i kind of like when i start a song i like have to finish it then and there when i'm feeling creative and when i'm feeling inspired um otherwise i know i'll never finish it mm -hmm. and um i think it was like last month i wrote a song that i'm not going to say the name of but I'm 
99.8% sure that it's going to be my next release and I'm very excited for it. It's very much a sad girl indie heartbreak song. Um, so I'm very excited for it. I'm excited to start working on the production and everything for it. That's exciting. Yeah. Do you have like a target yeah. date for when you want it out? I don't know. Hopefully I can um, start working on it before before like the end of August. Um, I want to start working on it kind of just as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, maybe like an October date feels right for it it feels like an october song like a fall kind of okay that's coming up Mm -hmm. yeah i'm excited all right well we'll we'll anxiously be awaiting your new release cool (laughs) i did want to ask though uh because i know you're somebody who writes a lot you like clearly building up a pretty good vault of like um material there the prototypical like advice that people give to indie artists is just like churn out singles like as much as possible and i find it really interesting that you're kind of making your way being very methodical with your releases there uh what's sort of like the thought process behind that yeah i mean i think it kind of goes back to what i was saying with my very first release with sirens um I just kind of always want to make sure that I'm putting out songs, not because I feel like I should be, but because I want to. Um, And I have so many songs that I'm very proud of and that I want to put out eventually, but I am kind of like a perfectionist and I want everything to just feel, um, I want it to sound like what it feels like when I'm like singing it and writing it originally. Um, so yeah, I think it, I think it's just like, I've kind of carried like that mantra, like since the beginning of starting with like posting on TikTok and everything, I just want to make sure that I'm putting things out because I'm proud of them and I feel that they're ready to be out and not because I'm like, oh, I have to, I have to keep putting more songs out and I have to make sure to like, you know, keep up this momentum. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that I definitely want to, release songs a little bit more consistently this coming year um because last year i kind of just i think i got overwhelmed i i pumped out sirens and time machine so close to one another um that from there i kind of just like didn't know where to go and i didn't know what song i wanted to release and i didn't know what my wanted my music to sound like and everything so i think i just got a little overwhelmed and then it was just like um it was just like I guess it was easier to just continue to write songs and say that I would release them eventually and then not actually release them. Um, But releasing Go Getter definitely kind of like relit that little fire under me. And um, I'm very excited to release a lot of music this year. We're excited to hear it. So we'd like to close out with a little bit of a rapid fire round for our guests. Uh, So first off, who is your dream artist collab? Taylor Swift. Well, actually, I take that back. Well, no, I don't take it back, but I just don't think she's my number, like my sole one. Mm-hmm. I would say Taylor Swift, Phoebe Bridgers, Charlie Adams. Okay. Phoebe Bridgers like really tracks. I'm like, okay, I see that. Mm-hmm. Like she's just like really just fully behind me. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Hi, Phoebe. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. Boats planes trains or cars um honestly cars i hate boats 
I'm like terrified for my life every time I step on a boat and planes I'm just like also not really great on but I've gotten better trains I love a good train ride but I love driving driving Mm -hmm. is my favorite activity in the world wait I wrote boats down for you by accident are you keeping a running tally I'm gonna start we ask this to everybody and it's just very we I feel like we've had a lot of cars recently yeah boats are not for me yeah no I did you were talking about boats and I wrote boats I'm so sorry okay (laughs) (laughs) cars yeah Yeah. wouldn't want to misrepresent you here (laughs) yeah thank you Uh, do you have like a dream venue you'd want to play? Um, I mean, like dream, dream venue would probably be Madison Square Garden. Um, but yeah, I guess it would just be Madison Square Garden. <laughs> yeah, you can't go wrong with MSG. Like, yeah, such an iconic place. Right yeah, it just it just feels like number one. Like it feels like the end goal. It's mm-hmm. the Mecca. Yeah. What is your what's your go to Wawa order? <gasps> um a medium mac and cheese for food and then for a drink it's a um chocolate chip cappuccino like oh. frozen cappuccino i've never had that before it's very good i think it's- i should go i think i should go get one right now yeah you should right after this immediately I'm, i will right after <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> Uh, what's your preferred instrument? Um, it used to be piano because I wasn't very good at guitar and I'm still like very much a beginner on guitar. Um, so I would say that I'm better at piano, but I find that I prefer the way my voice sounds and the way music sounds on a guitar. If you could give advice to your 10 year old self, what would you say? Um, to my 10 year old self, I would tell her to continue to have a big imagination. I think that that's something that I've tried my best to carry through my adult life. But something that I admire the most about my childhood self is um, she was very much like a dreamer. Like I was very, I was very imaginative as a kid and I want to carry that through the rest of my life. I love that. Thanks. Very sweet. (laughs) Do you have any like songwriting tips for aspiring artists? Yeah, I think so I really didn't start songwriting for real until like the beginning of like the pandemic and quarantine. Um, So I still kind of sometimes feel like I'm just beginning and kind of just like finding what works for me. But I think that what I figured out works the best for me is like it can be hard to uh, as a songwriter and also as somebody who like does music full time, a lot of times I feel like I have to be being creative and being productive like 24 seven. And, you know, if I don't write like a new song or something every single day, somehow I've failed. Um, But I think that the most important thing that I've learned is that like you really unfortunately can't force creativity and um so i think that i write my best songs when i'm just like feeling inspired and when i'm kind of just like going with the flow and like letting everything happen naturally 
um, instead of trying to like force it because I feel like I have to post a new TikTok or because I have to like get a new song out there or something. So I think when it comes to songwriting, it's kind of just about like letting it happen naturally. Yeah. Oh, okay. What's a song that you wish that you had written? Um, the song that's going viral on TikTok right now by Katie Gregson. The I think it's called Savior Complex. The one about oh, yeah. like I saw your rewrite to that one. Yeah, the one about like the boxers and the big light and stuff. Mm -hmm. I wish I those are just like those are my favorite songs that have like the like oddly specific, just like very metaphorical lyrics mm. to them. Those are my favorite songs. So probably that one right now. Do you have like a line in your song that you're most proud of writing? Um, I really, right now I, well, there are a couple lines in my song, my next song that I really love, but I think I am also very proud of a lot of the lines in Go Getter. I think one of my favorites is just the opening line. I think it might've been over before we started. Um, I think that when I like, that was the first kind of when I write songs, sometimes it can kind of be like sporadic, like I'll write a chorus and then go back and add a verse um, or vice versa. But with that song, it was kind of like, I just wrote it like all the way through. So that was the very first line that I wrote for the entire song. And it just kind of like set the perfect tone for the whole song. Um, and it continued to kind of be my favorite. It's a bar. Can't lie about that. It, it really is. Thanks, um, you guys. Where would you take someone who's visiting South Jersey for the first time? Uh, <laughs> oh, honestly, I would take them to my favorite thrift store, Red, White, and Blue Thrift. Yes. I it's got that all the time. I got that shirt from there. Yes. It's literally the best thrift store. Like, I, I just, I was in Philly this past weekend, and um, my brother took me to a bunch of, like, thrift stores there, and I was like, no, it doesn't compare. Like, Red, White, and Blue just has everything that I need. And I go there weekly, at least, like, one to two times a week. So I would probably take someone there. Um, yes, that's correct answer. <laughs> I My whole... My whole wardrobe is red, white, and blue at this point. Oh, me too. Me too. Every, <laughs> like, I, I, I've moved on to, when I first started shopping there, I was like, it was just strictly clothes. But I have moved on to dishware. Mm. Like, I go there and I head straight for the glasses and the yes. dishes that I just don't need. Like, I simply don't need anymore. <laughs> I can't get enough. I love it. There's, like, <laughs> too many good finds there. It's just, yeah. it's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. <clears throat> okay so we always like to end on the same two questions um you know you said you got this one song in the works you know we're shooting for the october date there uh no we don't have a title yet but are you planning on submitting that for 2023 grammy consideration i mean we'll have to see how it comes out on the other side of production and that will determine it i think but you never know what's gonna happen all right all right i mean i think with your talent, your ability, your scale level, I think it's safe to say we know what's going to happen. And uh, come, come, when is it? March, April, whenever they air the Grammys, like next year, we're going to see you on that stage accepting your word. And here at the <laughs> Opus of Podcast, what we like to do is we like to prepare our indie artists for the next step, give them the promo that they need for when they are on that Grammy stage, when they are accepting that award. So, you know what, uh, just in preparation for that, why don't you give us what your Grammy speech is going to be? <laughs> um my grammy speech 
I mean, I have to think it out, but I will give you my key points mm -hmm. for my Grammy speech. I will have to thank um, TikTok as a whole. I will Shout have out to, to China. I yeah, thank you. I will have to thank. I have no choice but to thank Harry Styles and One Direction. Um, I think that that probably will be most of my speech. Will just be like <laughs> Harry Styles for what he's done. So, thank you, Harry. Thank you, Harry. <laughs> You can never go wrong with that. All right. <laughs> All right. Mia Giovanni. I've said it wrong again. Mia. Giovanni. Get it together. It's, yeah. it's a hard one. My no. dad didn't know how to spell it until like recently. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like halfway through, I was like, I'm going to nail it in the outro. And that's going to make up for me missing it in the intro. Right. But all right. I'm just okay. going to edit it and sound perfect throughout. <laughs> All right, Mia, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Really appreciate thank having you. Thanks for having me. Where can the people find you? You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, anything just by searching Mia Giovina. All right. Y'all know what to do. Go follow her TikTok, Instagram, Spotify. Go listen to her latest tracks. Await the newest drop coming from her. Mia, thanks again for coming on. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Opus podcast. Our theme song is Underground Stars by Lox Beats. You can follow us on Instagram at Opus with Dots. All right, y'all. Take it easy. Take it easy. High five.